Okay, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Discover presents Next with DJ Hopper. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to Discover. My name is DJ Hoppa. This is Next with DJ Hoppa. And I've got my man Rod Rell here in studio, Oakland's finest. Hey. <laughs> right on. What's up, man? What's going on? Hoppa. I'm, DJ all, Hoppa. I'm always glad to have somebody in from the Bay. Um, yes, as sir. most of the listeners know out there, um, I'm from San Francisco, born and raised. And anytime I can get a slice of the Bay back down here in the studio, mm. it's always a good thing, man. There's always so much flavor in the Bay. Right. Really I is, agree. right? I agree. I agree. Um, well, you're here because we've got a new project from you called Show Em. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to play a couple of records off of the EP that you just put out recently. Cool. And uh, you've got a really interesting story, man. So I'd, I definitely want to get into that and uh, share that with the people that are out there. Tell us a little bit about, first of all, I guess, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into music and how mm-hmm. we got to this point. Yeah, so maybe in middle school, I was introduced to creative writing through a, a teacher really um, invested in me or like taught spoken word. And it was my mm-hmm. first time kind of seeing like writing in a creative way, young people performing poetry and using their words uh, to express some of the difficult things that they've experienced. And then I went to high school at Oakland School for the Arts, which is a performing high, arts high school, mm-hmm. which um, actually some people that y'all might recognize now or who are famous like they went there like adrian marceau mm-hmm. we're in the same classes together kaylani i was i'm older than her so i remember her when she had like long hair with the bottle cap glasses before the <laughs> tattoos before a uh, pop life on america's got talent zendaya went there um so i was just at a high school with like young oakland artists just in a i guess in a really awesome beautiful place where like young people could just be creative right. and i did creative writing uh, singing um, i was a part of a couple of dance groups and so i just didn't really um i was intimidated just because there was so much talent and then but right after i graduated high school just recording non-stop and just continue to get better and not give up really like mm. it's been like 10 plus years of recording and to finally put out a project of just kind of like trial and error getting better right um but it's really just the love, the love of um, the art, really, and just the again the realness and like the just the, I guess the the raw nature mm-hmm. of art artistry in the Bay mm-hmm. Area, just people thriving off of like making it right. Yeah. Um, and then I just I started to take it seriously probably the last couple of years of college, and like people were like, you really got something, you should take it serious, and I realized it was like the one thing that was that I couldn't stop doing. Mm. And so I just kept on doing it. Yeah, man, I feel like there's a a great support network too in the Bay. Like the Bay supports their own for the most part. Yeah, you know, And there's definitely this like creative vibe that's there. Um, Talk to me a little bit more though about this education bug because now that you explained this, man, and and the reason that you got into music was through a teacher. I find it really awesome that this is, this story kind of comes full circle where yeah. you just spent this last year teaching right. ninth graders right. English. Yeah. yeah. So I think a huge part of the essence of who I am is social justice and um, kind of really um, social justice and really educating myself. I mean, I felt like education was my only way out. So I had peers that I saw like just not go to college or just chase a dream because they just had the fire inside. Mm-hmm. And, um, but for me, I felt like the only way out of my circumstance, my family circumstance was an education. Like it was like, okay, you could be a recording artist, but I had a dad who was a keyboard player and a mom who like danced and like we struggled hard. So I was like, mm-hmm. nah, like I need to, I need to get my bachelor's degree. I need to mm-hmm. have something to stand on. So to me, it was this thing of like, education is the, really the only way out for me. Like. And then learning the business, I was like, yeah, you really need to have something because there's so many artists out here trying to make it in L.A. And without like pretty much a job like that, they could sustain (laughs) themselves. Right. Right. And so it was like this huge passion. Um, Oakland has a huge history of community activism from the 60s. Right. And so that's embedded in what we learn. And then when I went to UC Santa Cruz, it was a huge uh, kind of a more quote unquote radical school where we did learn about uh, more radical uh, theorists and Mm -hmm. um, scholars like Angela Davis is a teacher right now in a grad program, Huey P. Newton went there in the seventies. And so um, there's a political history to it. And so my drive has always been where I come from, the history 
and then um, putting back into the community. So I, education was always my thing before I moved to LA. Um, I taught, I was a TA in the classroom. So it was, and then at Santa Cruz, I did outreach and education, not even no music. I just focused on uh, retaining historically underrepresented people at the university mm. and then outreaching the, so to increase the diversity. So right. I had a couple internships in the school uh, that paid for like some of my tuition just to focus on outreach and retention um, to increase the UC system because there's not many people of color in the UC system. It's very um, people from middle to middle income to um, elite uh, income backgrounds. Right. And so it was just kind of like, I that's who I found my friends in. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, it was these two passions, education, and activism and then music and, and trying to- Yeah, like, and I feel like you've to. done a, a great job of being able to tie those together. And you're probably the coolest ninth grade English teacher that's out there. <laughs> I'm sure your students are like, yeah, my, my teacher just dropped a project, check it yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the project cool. as a whole. And mm -hmm. you've got this song one by one mm -hmm. that we want to get into. So yes, tell us a little bit more about um, the project. Yeah, so like Showem is um, about I dedicated it to uh, marginalized communities or underrepresented people, period, right? Um, who aren't, you know, who may be in the media or who, who may not be, but particularly people from low-income backgrounds, particularly for immigrants, but particularly for black and brown youth. There's a really huge focus around youth. Mm. And um, basically the thing that, the light that keeps you pushing forward is what Show em is about. Like show them that you can be everything that you wanna be, um, despite all these things um, societal things, personal things, maybe it's your parents pushing you down. So show them is just this idea of like showing people like I'm the light, like mm. I'm, I'm unstoppable. Um, I can do whatever I want to do. And so, yeah, students like, um, like the students, like my ninth graders, like they definitely, like I had a music video and I had kids in it. They like bought my stuff on iTunes, like bumping <laughs> it all the time. They try to play it all, all the time in the classroom. Like you got a street team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got yeah, pretty much. Yeah, team. I have I have high school, but it's also like they're also real though too. Mm -hmm. Like Oakland youth, like they're not gonna lie to you. So if it was whack, they would have been like, they call me Mr. G. Like you need to like they wouldn't be like <laughs> right. Like they you. would be like, look, yeah. <laughs> you need to maybe go back in the right. studio exactly. and think about this yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about one by one, and let's play it here on the show. Yeah, one by one was written. I, I met up with a a musician in L.A. Um, who plays at a lot of open mics out here, like the, the Juice Joint or the Juke Joint, the mm -hmm. on Culver City mm -hmm. uh, Flight School. I don't know if y'all heard mm -hmm. of that. It's like yeah. a lot of R&B singers go there. Um, and he started, I started singing, he started playing. Um, there's no formal structure to it. I was watching the news. This was um, last year. And it was during the time where um, so many black folks have been being killed um, or been in situations and where like the police either beat them to death or right. like shot them, right? So I was watching an interview or I was watching Obama's press uh, conference. He was talking about Freddie Gray. And he said, um, well, the only time we pay attention is when someone gets killed or when their spine is snapped. And so like I immediately was like, on the 405, just like, singing and I wanted to do something really simple. So it's really simple one by one, two by two, three by three, inspired by inspired by artists like Billie Holiday, Strange Fruit, like sim simple lyrics, mm. but with a with a really um, deep message, right? So sim simplicity and repetition, but with that, like that intense spirit behind it. So that's what I was trying to aim for. Well, let's get yeah. into it. My man, Rob Rell hanging out with us in studio at Dash. Uh, here is a track off of his new project, Show Em. This one's called One by One. Don't go anywhere more with Rod Rell when we get back. Here it is. If our society really wanted to solve the problem, uh, we could. It's just it would require everybody saying this is important, this is significant. And that we don't just pay attention to these communities when a CVS burps. And we don't just pay attention when uh, a young man gets shot or has a spine snapped. Three. One by one, one by two, three by 
chest and um, my line clicks and it was my sister's number and um, I clicked over and before she could say anything she was crying and um, she said they shot my mic and I didn't ask any questions because I just wanted to not even think that he was dead at all. And when she said it, I just started running. My first instinct was to run. Like, I just wanted to run to him, but I ran back in my job. And I just told him, get me that, please get me to my son. And the first thing I saw, they let me know. was the yellow tape. And I asked him, can I look and see, is that my son? He told me, no. And I repeatedly asked that for the four and a half hours we were out there. They would. DJ Hopper on Discover. Yes, everybody. Welcome back to Dash Discover. My name is DJ Hopper. This is Next with DJ Hopper. And my man Rob Rell is Yo. here from Oakland. Uh, that last one, one by one, uh, you got Obama in the beginning of right. that, um, yeah. really setting that track up. Mm-hmm. Love the vibe of that record too, man. Musically, really, really well done. And then yeah. the, the the end piece of this, the female, the recording that's there. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, that's Mike Brown's mother. And um, essentially, um, oftentimes, like, so start off with the press conference. And then um, I really wanted to take it to the next level mm. and emotionally. And I felt the only way to do that was to really give a, a person who was most affected by it, mm. the, the, the mothers of the of uh, these youth mm-hmm. or these um, black folk who were being killed. And so I was watching interviews and I came across this interview with Mike Brown's mom talking and just explaining the story, how they wouldn't even let her see her son. And I was like, that's the one that has to be like at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like, I wanted to put her vocals front and center and me just kind of ad lib. So I freestyled like the the ad lib, just feel right. it in the studio. Right. Just like, just try to go with the vibe and the energy. But emotionally, I really wanted to like take listeners there. Right. Yeah. So in the studio, as you recorded this, did you have the, you had the track there, mm-hmm. keys there, mm-hmm. and then and then her, that vocal sample of her interview there, and then you're ad-libbing on top of that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, can see that. Yeah. So what happened was, so um, actually I had, I started just meeting with the producer and him playing over like um, me singing. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have the words. This, um, I started freestyling one by one, two by two on the 405. Y'all know just two hours <laughs> in midday. So a lot of times time. I would just write songs or freestyle over beats in the car. And then when I got home, like, so I had this one by one, two by two idea. When I got home, that's when I saw um, Obama speaking on TV. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was playing on GarageBand. I clipped it on my computer and it just went. I was like, this is the message. And then I clipped, I like got another clip of the uh, mom talking and then I clipped it at the end of the song. And then I went back to the studio. I was like, this is where I want it. And then we, I started freestyling over it. So um, like as a songwriter, I just tried to, I like, that was my idea. And then like, we just started freestyling and then Nice. I liked it. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. beautiful piece of work, yeah. man. Beautiful. T- tell me a little bit more about the the balance here, right? Because it's almost like you you obviously are trying to be um you you want to be able to give this commentary on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this is uh this plays on social issues um and some heavy issues yeah. that are here at hand. And to balance that with with music and talk to me a little bit about that balance. Do you ever, are there ever times where you're just like, uh, that's a little too far that way. Right. Now it's starting to feel a little too, too preachy, a yeah. little too, you know, yeah. and not enough musical. Right. You know, so how do you find that balance? Mm. Well, 
for me, it's just being my authentic self. I love making music and I love, um, I'm passionate about social activism. So as long as you're, that's your authentic self, mm-hmm. like there's no losing when you create art. I feel that um, my music, I don't, I don't try to preach. I just try to tell my story of uh, this song, literally like very simple, one by one, two by two, three by three, mm-hmm. four by four. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you, like, it's kind of like, this is what I'm watching right now. Like, this is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, one death, two death, three death, mm-hmm. four death, right? But, and the idea was like this countless black people, people of color have been being killed since the beginning of America, right? And so when you really start counting, it was just like the idea of getting lost in the counts. And then in the 70s and the 60s, even the 80s, like artists, it was, they felt a huge responsibility. So I'm also really inspired by Nina Simone. Like she always says it was the artist's responsibility to really reflect the times, right? Mm. So my question is to artists, like, are you reflecting the times right now? Are you reflecting the pain? And I would see, and honestly, when everybody was like, yeah, this has a neo soul jazzy vibe, artists that I grew up loved and listened to, like the Erica Badu's, the Jill Scott's, the music's mm-hmm. like, even those artists, um, haven't used their platform to put out music about the Black Lives Matter movement or about police brutality, at least on the mainstream level, right? right? They might be talking about it, but it's not in their music. And so it's like, on really the indie artist um, may have more freedom or, you know, just creative expression to put it out there. So I just feel that- um, It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely, man. I. I- Definitely salute you for taking that on and for doing that, man, because I think it is important. I agree with you. I think like there should be this reflection of what's going on. Um, I want to get to Show Em, which is the title track, and uh, that's where we'll sort of end this this piece off here. Cool. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the track Show Em. Okay. So Show Em is definitely uh, what people would call more like radio friendly, urban radio friendly. It has like a really, has like it's, it's up-tempo, it's somewhat trap like trap r&b like kind of falls into like the august i've seen the type sounds and mm-hmm. stuff like that I, mm-hmm. i'm a fan of august because i just love his authenticity just talking about his life and the things that he talks about um and that's how i talk about my life like the first line is um let me start this anthem off proper from poverty still finished college right so my journey was untraditional like it didn't take me four years i went to the uc i like failed I had to pick myself back up. One of my best friends was um, killed in in Oakland and like kind of went through this identity thing. Like, do I need to be in college? And I came back, right? Two years afterward and I finished. So that's Mm. again, the show them this idea of show them like, show them like I can graduate despite like me, like my friend being killed, me going back home, going back to Laney Community College in Oakland, feeling like I failed, right? If you will, right? Um, and then, but then going back two years later, and then finishing, right? Mm. And so, um, show them is just a, it's again, it's, a, it's for young folks. It's an anthem, um, like basically um, saying like, don't give up on yourself, your dream, because um, it's possible. And it, it's featuring an, an, another upcoming rapper from Oakland named Young Gully. So that's the, the other thing. He's kind of like in East Oakland, like everybody loves Gully and. And so I really wanted to keep it real yep. to the energy. Nice, the man. Energy. Well, we yeah. thank you for being here. We look forward to much more music from you, man. And uh, I'm excited to play this here tonight. This is Show em. Rod Rel, uh, thanks again, man. And uh, much luck to you. Continued success. And uh, here it is with uh, with. Show them. I'm sorry. I'm like I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about some of the things that you said because I think it's really powerful what you're talking about. Um, and I feel like this is something that young people need more messages like this. Like Thank it's you. so important. Thank you. Um, and I, I salute you and I applaud you for everything that you're doing, both in the classroom and in the studio Thank and you. all of that, man. Appreciate so here it is, man. Show them, Rod Rell, right here on Dash Radio. Hey.
got this anthem all proper From poverty, I still finish college Do it all, keep my face, stay shiny Cause your boy right here is a soldier Back to the music, telling you why I do it For my brother, his daughter, my dreams stick to it I lost a few on the way, miss them all the time But I keep the memories alive on the music Thought I wouldn't do it, I thought I couldn't do it Thought I wouldn't do it, thought I couldn't do it Thought I wouldn't do it, and I couldn't do it Watch me do it, do it, do it Show them how to move like it's your only option Show them how to go, girl, cause you do it flawless She be like, she be like Okay, who's next? This is next with DJ Hoppa. Oh, we are here. Yes, we are next with DJ Hoppa right here on Discover on Dash Radio. And I'm very excited to have my man right here, the triple threat himself. <laughs> he is here. Keenan, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, I'm chilling. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, from Australia. Yeah, Sydney. Um, Sydney, but you live in L.A. and sort of bounce back and forth between L.A. and Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I work on a TV show called The Flash over in Vancouver, so sort of just have to come here whenever I get the chance and work on music and see my friends. How do you keep it all straight, man? You got so much going on. Yeah, I love it. If I don't, like, I tried not... Um, I tried not balancing both like acting and music and just focusing on acting. Right. But for me, you know, I grew up trying to be as creative as possible. And I just realized like I have to do everything in order to feel like myself. So right. I tried that for a couple of years and I was like, you know what? I got to just like, you know, extend myself as much as possible. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel more comfortable. Do you feel like these all play together as well? Like that the dancing definitely helps with the, the music, obviously, yeah. and that the music... Does the performing then help with the acting and does it all sort of work together in your mind? I don't know. I think I do view that the acting and the music fairly separately. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just such different mindsets that I have to sort of get in. And, you know, as an artist, I can dress how I want, have my hair how I want, do whatever right. I want. <laughs> right, right. Um, and as an actor, you know, you're playing, I mean, especially for my job, I'm playing the same character for however many years. Um, and I don't choose like what I wear or what I say or anything mm. like that. So I think it's sort of like a little bit of rebellion that sort of grows in you where you're like, I have to be like fully myself at right. any moment. Right. Which probably then fuels the music. Yeah. Because then the whole time you're on set, you're just like, mm. but I want to, I want to be my, <laughs> I want to be dancing around. <laughs> yeah. So I do yeah. that anyway when I'm on set. I just dance and I sing and I write songs in my trailer and yeah, do whatever. You seem like you'd be a fun guy to have on set then. Hopefully. Yeah, I would imagine so. Be like, oh yeah, what's he what's he up to over there? Oh, he's just doing a routine over there. Don't mind him. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what the crew thinks sometimes when I'm just like literally just moving because I'm not even just dancing, I'm just like moving because, mm. you know, you wait around on set for so long. So you just like, you have to right. do what makes you happy. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree, man. Well, we're excited to have you here. You've got this new record with Caspo. Yeah. Um, And I love this song, man. And Thank we want to we want to get to the song. But before we do, I want to, know a little bit more about how you got in to music and you were sharing this story with me a little bit um mm. earlier about how you were influenced by michael jackson as mo uh, so many <laughs> of us were i mean but you've really you've really taken it there and i want to talk about the video we'll talk about that <laughs> in a little bit but tell me a little bit more about bring us back to you know your childhood and when music first entered your world yeah, I think as soon as I like laid eyes on a Michael Jackson performance on TV, I think I was like two or three years old and I instantly just mm. like everything stopped. I stopped, you know, I used to cry every day, all day, like couldn't be around anyone. Um, and as soon as I saw him, I just was connected. Um, and, you know, that's the magic that he has. And Absolutely. I figured out later on in life, like it is magic. So mm -hmm. it's, that's what that was. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I just knew that I wanted to be on stage and dance and I started uh, doing all of that. And then by the age of like 10, I started writing songs. I was a terrible singer. Um, even to the point where my mom was like, you don't sound good. Your mom said that? Yeah. So if your mom says it, you have, <laughs> you know, and my mom was like, we, we had such a good relationship. So I was like, I think she's telling me the truth. Right. <laughs> that that kind of sucks. 
Um, so then I was like, I get that I don't sound good now, but eventually I will. Mm. So I just kept going, um, kept writing and recording on GarageBand, and then eventually got in the studio, and I still wasn't that good. And then eventually I was. And what, what does your mom think now? <laughs> she she loves what I do. Right. Like she wishes that. Uh, some of the lyrics were different in some of my upcoming songs. Okay. But All also right. I try to express to her like that, you know, there's a reason for everything. Sure. Um, but she's extremely supportive and I think she's really enjoyed seeing the growth. Uh, and as soon as the day came when she was like, that sounds like really nice. Mm. Then I was like, oh, maybe I can sing now. Do you remember what day that was? <laughs> I think it was because I was like 18 and I'd started putting uh, YouTube covers up. Mm. And uh, that's really where I started to find my voice because I'm just recording and trying to like, trying to sound like someone else. And then amongst that, you sort of figure out your own thing. Um, and I remember just putting one up. I can't remember which one. And she was just like, it's beautiful. It sounds really great. Mm. And then obviously I started getting feedback from um, people online. People online. Right. But they didn't know me. They didn't have to like lie to me. And so when they were like enjoying it, I was like, this is a cool Feeling. Yeah, and people online have no problem telling you that you suck, right? I mean, yeah. like just in general. So, oh, like yeah. for people to say, to, I always feel like that's a good indicator when people go out of their way to say something nice and to really like, you know, not some generic comment, but like something that's like really like, oh yeah, I really checked the full thing out. And yeah. I think you've got an amazing voice or whatnot. Like, uh -huh. yeah, and cool. I, I also, um, I also really like, like negative comments don't bother me mm. um, and criticism doesn't bother me. I sort of just take everything, try and step back from myself and look at it and then uh, reassess and um, yeah, so the good and the bad, it all kind of comes together and feels good. You know what's interesting? I feel like your work on screen and in that world probably helps with some of the constructive feedback. Because in that world, you're kind of constantly putting yourself out there and somebody's yeah. saying to you, nope, that's not it, do it again. As opposed to in music, it's not necessarily always that way. You know what I mean? Because like you said, you're almost like, you know, you're writing your own words, you're doing your own thing. You can almost create a project without somebody stopping you and being like, hey, I think you should do this differently. You know? I don't know. I think that I think both is like both are so subjective. But then also because of that music or acting, like someone can literally just come up and stop you from doing what you're creating and just being like, no, it's not good. Mm. And so for so many years, I was like, oh, okay. And then you just follow that. And then they go, you should do this. And you go, okay. And whatever, acting or music. And then eventually, like this year, I was like, I started to just be like, well, tell me why it's not good. And tell me, tell me what you're wanting and why. Mm -hmm. If they don't have a reason, then I ignore it. <laughs> right. Then you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Because, right. because I'm like, you have to like come at me with some information that is helpful um, and then I can grow from that. And if you don't present me with that, like I'm just, I'm going to fight for what I believe in because I have many reasons as to why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I sort of found, it's just finding your voice. And yep. once I got that, it was like, yeah, things were way better. Things, things clicked into place, man. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about this song and I want to play the song here. Uh, tell me a little bit about this track that you have with Casper. Yeah, so um, his team reached out to my manager like a year and a half ago. They were looking for um, songwriters to sort of hop on and uh, see who could attack, you know, some of his uh, tracks. And luckily, they they loved uh, a previous song I had put out called Higher. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, "Yeah, we'd love you to try and write for this." Um, and then I did, and I heard as soon as I heard that song, I just. Again, I felt so connected to it and I felt like I started dancing around in my room. I was like, just imagining if they were to pick my uh, my lyrics. Mm. And then, yeah, they did. And what was <laughs> that like working with somebody? Because were you trading files back and forth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was hard. He's from Sweden. Right. You know, right. Um, and I'm this Aussie kid in LA and like, uh, so that was really difficult. But then eventually he was in LA. And we, it was great timing. We got to meet. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we revised like, uh, some of the verses he just wanted a different feel so I just presented him a couple of different options and um, it was good we really got along and we're actually performing together in uh, the first time on Sunday in New York so oh nice that's yeah. exciting yeah. man that's, that's really exciting gonna be like the second time we've ever even met, met? <laughs> right right no it, it's uh, it's always interesting now how music is made because with technology being what it is there's so many records collaborations specifically where 
people never have even met. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. And yet have records that have done really, really well, but never have met or yeah. spent time together. Yeah. Know? And like, you know, we're talking so much and, you know, or Skype or whatever, and you just like, you're navigating so much together, but yeah, physically, you know. It's different. It's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely different. Well, I want to play this record. Um, this is Late On Me, uh, Caspo featuring uh, Keenan here on the on the vocals. And I love this record. We're going to run it right here. More with Keenan when we come back. Do not go anywhere. You're tuned into Dash Radio. Somehow we lost our way. I don't know how we did it. We went so off course and now you hide to numb your pain. Does this mean that we're over? Gotta let me know. Yeah, the ball is rolling past the two of us But your feet ain't moving, are you cool with us? And I'm caught in your mind, but it's like you've had enough I wish you'd just tell me to go That's right, Caspo and the man, the vocalist on that right there. Keenan is hanging out with me here in studio. And uh, man, that's such a good vibe. I could see why you would be dancing around to that in your room. Was the track, how much did the track change? Uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah. Like the drop, the drop, uh, and like that kind of euphoric feeling mm -hmm. was always there. And um, that hasn't really changed. It's evolved, but definitely like. There was a whole different section over the verses and uh, even over the vocal hook. That was that was totally different at the time. Um, and so for me, I was like stuck on that. And then, 
you sort of get used to the where it goes and sure. you just have to yeah and now it's become exactly what it's supposed to be right um but yeah it's great and, and you know i recorded that like a year and a bit ago mm. so it's changed yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it takes time for some of these things and a lot of people don't realize that you yeah. know also is that it like these things take time to get there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, well, we were talking a little bit earlier about, like, your influences and how you got into this. And I was watched as you walked in the studio, I was over here watching <laughs> your your tribute video to the king of pop, uh, the greatest of all time, in my opinion, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, and what a video, man. I mean, that's like a full-on mini movie that Thank you put you. together. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about the inspiration behind that and, and why to go why go to those links? Because you could have easily just like shot a simple dance video in your in your studio or whatnot. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, it, it the inspiration came from me being really sad <laughs> mm. and feeling like um unfulfilled creatively because I wasn't pushing myself in. You know, like I started working as an actor and, and I'd been working for that for so long. And so you're like, yeah, I'm successful and I made it. And then all of a sudden you stop like trying, not trying, you just, you get relaxed. You're not really grinding anymore because right. the grind right. is over, you think. And then you sort of are a little confused as to why you feel a bit weird. And then for me at least, and then eventually I was like, wait, no, the grind should never stop. Like mm. I should always be creating, like even if this is my job and I'm so happy with my job, like I've got other energy to put out there as well. So I, I was really, when I'm really sad, I like put on Michael's music or like uh, watch his videos. And I hadn't done that for a while. So I was like up till 4 a.m. watching his videos. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a tribute. Right. Like how have I not thought of this before? Right. And then I just started thinking about it and planning it for like a few months. And I knew I was going to be in Sydney to do it. Um, so I thought, I'm just going to go all in like simply because I can. Like, why not? I have Yo, and you went all in. Like, <laughs> I mean, it... The production on that was just on a whole nother level. Michael deserves that, right? So Absolutely. Just, if you're going to do it, like, you may as well do it. That's how, I mean, when I'm watching this, I expected, what I had expected was just, you know, sort of you maybe doing a, a dance routine or whatever to a medley of Michael tracks. Mm -hmm. It's not that at all. People, uh, you have to go and see this. This is a fantastic piece of work. And this was all around his birthday last year. Yeah, I um I filmed it like June in Sydney last year and then um it was just taking me a really long time to edit it and then I was like, oh, I'm going to put it out on his birthday. That makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, and so it sort of became like, at first it was like this thing for me to like help inspire me and then I was like, oh, this is sort of like my thank you to him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so now the, the question is, what do you do this year for his birthday? <laughs> Like you've now set the bar pretty high, man. Yeah, I and I, you know I actually have been thinking of doing like a part two, and I think I I would scale it down. Yeah. Um, but I could, but also I could sort of show more of like an intimate sort of side to it, and um, find different creative ways to to explore like his. You know, he's there's so much content with there's Michael. There's so much content. Yeah. I mean, a lot of even the stuff that you were pulling up. I mean, there were there were tracks that I think were in there that aren't the like aren't, aren't like the big hits like yeah. you didn't really go f with the hit records you kind of had what, what were some of the songs that you had put in there i, mean, they were I haven't like even watched the video in so long things. um there were some big ones it was still dangerous yeah dangerous um, was in there right yeah, yeah there was also some just like vocal chops from a bunch of different songs and um i basically went in and i was like anything that feels right like what what feels right for this video specifically mm. it's not a matter of me just finding his biggest hits because i've always been a fan of like all, you know all of his stuff yeah. and so to, to me that wasn't what it was about it was just finding what felt good to move to mm. at the time all right i know this might be difficult so, top three very difficult. mj songs um this has probably changed but i would i'm gonna say heal the world um mm. They don't really care about us and Man in the Mirror. And I've never said those three before. Wow. But I'm okay. in a different headspace now. Right, And I'm right. finally like hearing what he's saying. Like as before as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm so inspired by you and you make me want to dance and be cool and be better. But now I'm like, oh, I get and your message. I get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Layers. There were layers so to that, layers. right? Yeah. And he's just trying to like spread this magic like the whole time. And I was like, oh. It's, inc it's incredible. There hasn't been an artist that has impacted the world 
in that way. And I don't think, and maybe there never will be another artist that will impact the world to that degree, yeah. especially given like what it was with the, I mean, we used to wait for Michael Jackson videos to like debut on TV, you know yeah, what I mean? So There'd cool. be like the lead up to that. <laughs> and there's not that really anymore. No. Um, well, this has been amazing. It's been great having you here. And, and I hear that you're working on some new music. Tell us more about what's coming. Yeah, I'm actually putting together an album. Um, so I'm planning on releasing the first single off that album uh, probably by the end of the month. And it's actually going to be called Good Life. Good Life. Yeah. D tell me a little bit more about like the message behind that or the inspiration behind Good Life. The inspiration is, is, is uh, love and freedom. It's like a celebration of... Um, Originally, I was like saying it's a celebration of like the youth and our freedom, but it's a celebration of life, really, and like mm. saying you can be who you are, you can do what you want, and it's all yours, kind of thing. Nice, yeah. man. Well, we definitely wish to have you back through. I'd love when to that's come ready back. to when that's ready to go. Um, in the meantime, I want to remind everybody that you can go to my website, djhopper.com. We've built an entire page around Keenan, so go and check that out. We've got links back to this interview as well. And we've got more up next on Next here at Dash Radio. Okay, who's next? This is Next with DJ Hopper. Welcome to Next with DJ Hopper on Discover. I'm very excited to have Texas's own... Bell Saint is here. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. You've got an amazing voice. You've got this new song, Landmines, that is out now. And you've got a, a lot of things on the horizon. So we want to chat with you about all those things. Uh, I see that you brought your buddy with you. And he's got a guitar. So I assume that maybe we're going to get a live version. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Right. That's very, very <laughs> exciting, people. Um, all right. So let's get right into it. How did all of this happen in terms of, do you remember, what is your earliest childhood memory of being able to sing? Um, I was seven years old and I had a battery operated Casio that I used and nice. wrote my own songs. I think my first song was about my cat. It was about your cat? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember it? Do you remember little pieces of it? Um... No, not really. I just remember it had the word Skittles in it because that Skittles. was the name of my cat. Your cat's name was Skittles. Yeah, that's I incredible. named her when I was five. And so, yeah. <laughs> and you wrote it. it, it you, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it's not Smelly Cat, is it? No, okay, I wish. All right. <laughs> that, would be a, that would be a nice, nice little paycheck there. That would be awesome. Um, which I also know that you've done quite a bit of work there on that side too, kind of syncing some some tracks on some pretty big time shows and whatnot. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but tell me a little bit more about, okay, you go from seven years old writing a song about Skittles, <laughs> your cat, to then now, I mean, you've released this single, you've got all this stuff that's happening. How do we get from there to now? Uh, well, um, I wrote a lot for a few other artists and I did wrote a lot of songs for some uh, TV and film projects. Like right. I just did a song that was in an Adidas commercial. That's and then, huge. Yeah, it yeah. was exciting. I had a song that was in the trailer for Bang Bang, which was cool. Um, it, it, I guess my experience in the music industry was mostly as a songwriter and now mm. I'm kind of branching out and releasing my own thing. It's really interesting. I kind of draw the comparison on the DJ side. Like a lot of DJs will start like with their own music or won't start with their own music. We'll start with other people's music or just sort of like remixing other people's work to then get to their original work. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like a part of you writing songs for other people helped kind of figure out who you were as an artist? Definitely. Yeah. So you kind of get to try on different hats and see what works and what doesn't work. So that's... It's definitely a bonus. So now, now that all of this has come together, are there times where you're in a session and or you're sitting down and you're writing something and you're just like, oh, no, I don't think I could give that one away. That's going to be a Bell Saint record. Yeah, definitely. And it's how do you man? So how do you manage that, I guess, between like figuring out like what is for Bell Saint and what is for other people? It's kind of a gut feeling. Mm. You know, it's usually the songs that you kind of pour more into. There's more personal lyrics there's something that you feel is very unique to you that you feel like giving it away would not be the right move mm. for me it's definitely more of a gut feeling right like, i think i need to sing this right you know 
Right. You trust. You got to trust your gut. It is all about that, right? Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Tell me a little bit more about this song, Landmines, before we get into it here. Yeah. Uh, Landmines was written uh, shortly after I started going to therapy for the first time after a breakup. Mm. And uh, I started noticing that I had a, a habit of going to things that were really bad to me or, or bad for me because I had very low self-esteem and was dealing with a lot of issues. So it's kind of just a, a metaphor for going to things that aren't very good for you but it's a pattern and you keep going back to it and you don't know how to stop it and what did you what did you discover through that process um discovering that i was worth more mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah is, i love how this is turning into a therapy, a therapy session. session it happens <laughs> like I it happens. Laying on a couch <laughs> we have one yeah. out there we can move this interview oh, out there perfect um no but i do i appreciate you also being really honest about that oh, thank you. because i think that there are a lot of people that go through things. Uh, I, the first time I went to therapy was after a breakup as well. And it's just like, you're, you are you need that. Yeah, give me a high five. Yes. Yeah. No, but you need that sometimes. You need to have somebody else there to kind of flush these things out. And, you know, wh- why is it that in our world, going to therapy and seeing somebody is seen as this like negative thing? Right? No. Yeah. It it's like, a positive thing to be able to do that. Yeah. It's like a stigma if you're admitting that you need help. It's right. very strange. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, who in this world does not need help every now and then? I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, well, I applaud you on being able to do that. And tell me a little bit then also, I assume that writing and singing and, and really recording these songs is in part a big part of the therapy as well. Yeah. It's definitely been an outlet for just kind of pouring. I feel like the more I pour into a song, the more I am vulnerable with lyrics and kind of Mm. put myself out there, the more rewarding it is. I think it's because people really can appreciate that and you can feel that and you can hear that this is real. This isn't something that was just written by somebody else for you to sing because it's a, these are great lyrics, Mm -hmm. right? Like that they're coming from this real place. I applaud your authenticity. I applaud you being open about all of that as well. I want to play Landmines, and then uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk some more. We're going to have therapy session part two when we, <laughs> when we come back. Um, but I want to play it here and now. This is such a beautiful record. Uh, you're tuned into Next with DJ Hoppa right here on Discover. More with Belle Saint here in a moment. But here it is, her song, Landmines, right here on Dash Radio. I always fall for the poetic life. Faulty wires, sand castles, and fairy tales. Deep down, I think it's all I deserve. Believing words will do what they say they will. Holding on to you's like guarding a grenade.
heart painted on it Love is a target Okay, who's next? This is Next with DJ Hoppa. Ooh, love is a target with my heart painted on it. That's a that's a line. That's definitely a line. That's beautiful. Uh, that last song, Bell Saint Landmines. Uh, she's here. She's here in person, and uh, we're chatting about all things music related and otherwise. You've got uh, <laughs> it's turned into a therapy session. It's all good. This is what happens. Um, tell me a little bit more about this concept of slow dancing on landmines. Like, where did this visual come from? Because it's very, it's very descriptive the way that you've like written this. Thank you. It was kind of a a visual of just slowly having a downward spiral. Mm. You know, kind of slowly boiling, slowly um, disintegrating, slowly. Right. Very positive. Deteriorating. You know? <laughs> right, right. Really yeah, exactly. Positive really stuff. positive <laughs> message. Yeah. Very depressing. No, but but you know, it's funny because some of the greatest songs are about heartbreak or about, you know, tough times and whatnot. Now, let me ask you something in this, as you're writing this, and now that this song is out, and now you're you're going and you're promoting this song, you're hearing it five million times, does it ever bring you back emotionally to that time? Sometimes, especially when I'm singing it. Yeah. It kind of takes me back to that place. And is that, now has that become this like shift then in power where it's like, I'm now not like out of control with it. Now I've been able to harness this and there's something really powerful about that. Yeah, it feels, now when I sing it, it feels less victim-y and feels more like I've overcome something. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Oh, thank you. That's what the record sounds like. Um, and I'm very excited because you guys are gonna play this live here in a minute and that should be a treat. I mean, I feel like there's, uh, I love hearing artists live, especially those that can sing. And I know obviously you, you've you got the chops to be able to do that. So we're gonna get to that in a minute. But before we do, you've got some other big things that are coming up. You've got a show uh, here in Los Angeles at The Resident downtown, which I love that venue. Have you been there before? Have you played there before? I've been there, but I've never played there. Okay. I'm very excited. It's just such a great vibe there. Yeah. Got a very Austin kind of vibe outside, right? Mm-hmm. Shout the out food to trucks. your yeah, yeah, with oh, the food yes. trucks and the beer trucks. Oh yeah. Sometimes I feel like like oh, I feel like we're on Sixth Street or something. Very yeah. true. Um, and then uh, let's see, you've got that, and then you've also got Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week that's coming up. Tell me about that. Yes, I've never been to Fashion Week before, and it'll be my first time going. I'm playing a playing a set at Rockwood on September eighth at seven o'clock. Mm. So very excited. And are you like really into fashion? Like, do do you? Like, is that something that you're always following and, and, and keeping tabs on? You're very fashionable. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I try. Yeah, I definitely, um, I appreciate it as a, another art form and really have loved uh, getting to know more about fashion and designers and everything. If you had to do something else besides sing and mm -hmm. like you couldn't do this for a living, what else would be a, a, a dream job of yours then? Or maybe it is still. I... If I wasn't doing anything in the music industry, I'd probably be getting into um, going to law school. Really? Or, yeah. I know it's kind of would you Would you want to, like, practice law? Yeah. I I would like that. That would be my my second passion besides music. That's very interesting. I don't, you don't hear that a lot. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't hear it a lot. My father's an attorney, so I grew up sort oh, of nice. in, and like, there's like four lawyers in my family, but they all wanted me to be a lawyer and clearly I'm not. Um, but you know, that's amazing. That's amazing that you have a passion for that. Um, I'm excited to have you guys play. We're very excited to now hear Landmines, the live version. And I know that you at home or in your cars or wherever you are, are excited to hear that too. You're tuned in to Dash Radio. This is Next with DJ Hoppa. She is Belle Saint. And this is their live version of Landmines right here on Dash. Fall for the poetic lies, faulty wise, sand castles and fairy tales. Deep down, I think it's all I deserve. Believing words will do 
what they say they will holding on to you is like guarding a grenade slow dancing on land mines it's only a matter of time target with my heart painted on it love is a target with my heart painted on it i swim with sharks in the neon dark i'm quick to make a joke stay too busy to fall apart can't talk about it but i can put it in a song maybe no one will get it but at least they'll sing along Okay, who's next? This is Next with DJ Hopper. 